Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Let's review The Last of Us by HBO Max Episode 1, When You're Lost in the Darkness. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. We are super excited to be talking about the new Last of Us TV series coming from HBO Max, the long-anticipated video game adaptation. I think they did a really solid job starting the show off. Yeah, so I started playing the video game a few days ago in prep for the show because I was so excited about it and everyone's like, it's the best video game of all time or it's one of their favorites, top five. Thanks, Calvin, for letting me download it. Now, I am enjoying the hell out of the video game and I'm further along in the game than the story of the show so far. So obviously, I was expecting all things to happen. I was just curious how they were going to adapt it. Now, I think the best way to enjoy this movie, this show, if you're like obsessed with the game or love the story of the game, is to not compare it too closely. We'll talk about the differences. I think that'd be fun because a lot of people listening and watching the show have played the game. So they obviously obviously made changes to the story for what they see as the best way of pushing the forward the story forward for a cinematic audience, for a TV experience, because Obviously, in a perfect world, this this would be a shot-for-shot remake of the video game, and it would be awesome, I'm telling you. (laughs) But they're taking the liberties to to expand their audience, to reach a wider audience. This isn't just for the video game players of The Last of Us. This is to try and reach as many people as possible, a massive audience, trying to make another hit like House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, obviously. And I think it's a really solid debut episode. I think it lagged a little bit. It was kind of long. It was like an hour and 25, but I understand it's your first episode. you got to establish a lot of characters because they're increasing the details and descriptions and obviously the characterizations of characters that aren't as closely followed in the game up until this point in this early in the story. So they're obviously just introducing and giving a lot of people more screen time. Oh, got that. Makes sense. I think they did a terrific job with the world building it was so cool to see Boston. Boston kid. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're in Boston. No way. Uh, but it was not a very nice Boston. <laughs> it was Boston. It was dystopian Boston. Well, it starts off in Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was a terrific opening sequence. I was curious to see how the so like the invasion or what have you would be like and like the first outbreak. I was expecting some kind of escape, and it came out really well. I think they did a good job subtly, slowly building suspense. I liked how Joel had to go bail his brother out and leaving his daughter alone. And then you could kind of feel the panic of in the confusion of her, of what's going on. I don't have my dad around me. I think they did a really fantastic job establishing the, the father-daughter dynamic. How it's not like, you know, it's not like cookie cutter. He's He's a good dad, but he's not like super emotionally present and he's not like the nicest guy in the world but you know he is a he seems to be a solid dad and a good dad it's just like not like what you would expect in like a like a kids show or something you know what i mean but it's I, accurate to the game too yeah yeah it felt like a real relationship between a, a, a father and daughter their dialogue was really good they have a great back and forth and a lot of chemistry and it was it was i had a feeling she would die i wasn't sure 
obviously you and the other gamers know, but I thought it was a really tragic ending for her character. I really felt for Joel and Pedro Pascal did a fantastic job expressing that pain and that grief. And then they did a terrific job de-aging him a bit and then aging him. So they, they darkened his hair, they cleaned up his face a bit, probably some makeup. Made him look like he could pass for 32, although I'm 32. and he, 36. 36, okay, thank you. There's no way Pedro yeah. Pascal, he yeah. looks great for yeah. his age, but yeah. when he said I'm 36, I'm like, yeah, sure. That's, that's kind of pushing <laughs> it, but they, 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 I was like, okay, I'll accept that. <laughs> In the Mando suit shirt. Yeah, yeah. But then when, <laughs> the helmet. The one you learn he's 56 after the 20-year gap, you're like, they, they made him look 56. He's got the gray hair. He just feels weathered and like he's been through hell over the past 20 years, just barely getting by. So I thought that even though he didn't completely look 36, they aged him really well for the 56 gap. The show is getting ridiculously good reviews. It's a 99% score critically on Rotten Tomatoes, as well as a 96% audience score. IMDb, it's a 9.7 at the time of recording this with over 10,000 ratings. Now, do I think it's a 9.7? I wouldn't put it that high. I would say it's like an 8.5 for an opening, which is really good. I mean, 9.7 is breaking bad territory, and that, and that's with 1.9 million ratings for that show. Yeah. So I, I think that'll probably come down a little bit, but I think that people are really enjoying the show, obviously, all over social media, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Some pros to it, that opening sequence was excellent, changing it up a little bit, but overall... I like how if you are familiar with the game, you got to see things that you can only imagine were like in terms of what happens with the neighbors next door and some other situations like Ellie and Marlene. What were their conversations like before Joel met Ellie? So I thought it was cool to see those backstories because, remember, this is the storytelling of a TV series. you got to introduce an ensemble. we got to get more character backgrounds and introductions and expositions versus just a game where you can take your time with stuff like that. I thought the acting was fantastic. Pedro Pascal is perfectly cast as Joel, in my opinion. Bella Ramsey is Ellie Williams. I think she's terrific. I'm really excited to see her going forward in this role. Obviously, y'all recognize her from Game of Thrones. She's such a badass in that show. Oh, yeah. So I think that they're going to bring that element that she's so great at for this role as well. Gabriel Luna as uh, Joel's brother, Tommy. Great casting as well. Mirale, uh Dandridge is Marlene. Terrific as well. I think she might have done the the voice as well in the Last of Us video game. I could be wrong. Is that if I'm for that? Correct. Oh, correct. I yeah. have it right here. Correct. Nico. She, she voiced a lot of video game characters. So that's really cool that they brought the voice actor back for a major role in the TV series. That's an incredible thing for a production to do like this of this caliber. Nick Offerman's in this show. Whoa. He'll eventually get there. Uh-huh. And then Nico Parker, who is Joel's daughter, she was terrific in the opening of this movie. Of the TV series because the game basically open up you're playing as Sarah for a little bit until obviously the huge events. Okay. And I like how the sequence it, it was a little different. Whereas the game you're you wake up as her in bed and Joel's gone and Joel comes back and you with Tommy and they save her and they take her away from the city and you get and then you go into downtown then the crash happens not mm-hmm. a plane crash but I think I like how they change things to increase the production of is bigger than the video game. a plane crash yeah. versus like a car accident. You gotcha, know I mean? gotcha. It's crazy. It's wild. Lots of cool world building, like you said, in terms of the cinematic quality they brought to it. I was so curious how they would do the escape in the truck and how they would be going down the city because they went full on a lot of practical filmmaking in this episode, especially for the scale of the show to like shut down entire city blocks, 
for a TV series shooting inside a car out the windshield with all these extras, entire city streets and blocks locked down. That's a really complicated thing to do for a movie, let alone a TV series. So I thought the production yeah. value was so high. And it wasn't just like somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It was literally a, a real town in Texas, it looked like. And so obviously it wasn't like the, the main drag of Austin, Texas, but it was. it seemed like it was a heavily populated area. I also liked the opening scene, that television interview with the two scientists and uh, one's a scientist, one's a biologist, if I remember. In that biologist ex is explaining uh, the idea of this kind of viral spread that could be possible if the climate warms up and by fungi, yeah, by fungi and fungi causing some kind of outbreak. And I thought it was a great setup to get the audience, especially for me with no familiarity with the the story, getting me up to speed with. The, poss the possibility of this in basically kind of giving us a setup for what we're about to see. And I really like the... Are they called zombies? What are they called? They're called clickers. Clickers? Why are they called clickers? Do they make a sound it's or the something? The sounds they make, okay. yeah. Okay. I liked how there was like that fungi, fungi kind of like biological thing that they used to suck blood and kill people. It was like... It wasn't just like their teeth. They had like these like biological like vines or something coming out of their mouths. Is that video game accurate or? Pretty much. I haven't yeah. gotten that far into the game, but I'm assuming that's what it looks like. I thought it was a really cool design. I'd never seen it before. It was because you've seen a thousand zombie things and what have you. So it was really cool to see this new take and it was really refreshing. And I like the design of these clickers. It was very cool. That's why I like Guillermo del Toro's vampire series that he co-wrote with. Who was it? Dennis Lehane? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um... I think so, yeah. Who? Uh, I'll go. The that. strain. The strain. So the the strain. I I could be wrong if it's densely. It's a Boston writer, I believe, Boston based writer. And so their vampires were a little different than the typical one, with kind of like a big tentacle that comes out of their mouth to suck the blood out of people. More of like a viral infection, kind of just like this. So it's it's a great new take on zombies. The adaptation changes. Chuck Hogan. Chuck Hogan. I'm sorry, Chuck. The other Boston guy. The adaptation changes again. It's it's for the studio's perspective of how to tell the story more effectively for wider audiences versus video games. Also, I love the suspense and the atmosphere built in this. This is a terrifying game to play. It's anxiety-inducing, and I really felt that for a lot of moments, especially when we were with Sarah in the opening sequence. Yeah, that, that scene in their neighbor's home, that was a really good scene of horror. Yeah. That was scary. I also, I think it lagged a little bit, like I said earlier, just because it's a long opening episode. But like I said, they have to introduce a lot of characters. They have to introduce this new world, not only the world that we're recognizing from 2000. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, so lots of nostalgia. I love the plastic leather phone case on his phone. <laughs> oh my phone. God, our dad had that. <laughs> every every adult had that phone case. And then, you know, the kind of feel of 2003, especially in Texas, bringing back the patriotism in the, in the post 9-11 landscape that America was feeling and trying to understand. And that concept of there's an attack going on, is it terrorist? Like that was always people's immediate thought. So I thought that was a great kind of way to set the tone for 2003 post 9-11 landscape of the United States. But I will say that 
compared to the game, the characters of Tess and Joel, even they're really well cast, but I think they're so Tess's partner back in Boston. Yeah, so that's yeah, Tess. Yeah. So that's Tess and Joel, who uh, they they basically kind of live together mm-hmm. and they're working together. I would say that in terms of the game so far, they're very tame in terms of what they actually do in the game. Like they are hardcore in this world that you have to survive in. The the show is doing a pretty good job of setting the tone of this kind of new world, new America with these cities that are barricaded. They have these giant walls protecting the citizens that are still inside. And it's basically kind of like you're living in a 24 seven martial law. Mm hmm. The game gets a little more... That's why the police are soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the game's a lot more intense of what citizens can and can't do, but also how citizens have to survive. It's basically the Wild West, and I won't spoil what they do in the game before they even get hooked up with Ellie, but Tess and Joel are hardcore Tess is a badass. Obviously, she's a really cool character so far in the show, but what they do in the game is just like <laughs> they clearly took it out of the show because because I think they're trying to— It would have been harder to connect with them emotionally if they were bad people. Well, the thing yeah. with studios today in today's landscape of filmmaking, I think, and storytelling, especially TV series, is I don't think they want their to show their protagonists doing bad things unless they have to do it, unless it's like a life-or-death situation. Yeah. So that I think it's more palatable for a wider audience versus a video game. You can do whatever you want. You can have Tess do this crazy thing to this guy and it be that's wild and it's acceptable in the video game. But for a TV series where you're trying to sell it to an entire audience as big as possible, I think they take that stuff away from characters to make them seem more relatable. I get that. I would like to see the the hard R version, though. I'm sure we'll get there. I mean, Joel, they finally, like, unleashed Joel at the end of the TV His series fury, yeah. with, the, with the punching on the uh, the soldier. Beats and also with the wrench or, earlier on. But, like, the Joel, wrench was self-defense. Joel, they yeah. were definitely saving his rage and fury and what he's capable of to the end of the episode, which I think was a cool idea and interesting for the character, for sure, just to see they have a lot of potential of what they can do. Like, mm-hmm. even Marlene says, like, I know what they're capable of. And Ellie's like, what are they capable of? She's like, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I, th- I get that. I get why they would do that. But they did. They have sprinkled some clues about Joel. They have that bumper sticker on the truck. The desert storm. Yeah, obviously veteran. he seems very capable and very intelligent in a crisis and knows exactly what to do. Uh, also, the way he spoke to that soldier that had them at gunpoint, you could tell that he has experience in these kinds of situations. Not I mean obviously not this specifically, but in chaotic, violent situations. So like, they did they did do a good job of showing that subtly and just leaning into it quietly here and there, and then culminating in that conclusion where he beats that man to death. And the plot of the of basically what's going on with Joel and Tess is Joel's brother Tommy is missing. He's trying to find him, and he was trying to get this car battery from that guy. Robert to be able to drive to Wyoming, I think it was they were talking about on the show, to try to find out where his brother is because he's in trouble. He got hooked up with the Fireflies, who are this revolutionary group trying to rebel against the control of the government in these lockdown cities and states to try to free the people of the United States and the world. And they're trying to get that car battery. So is FEDRA overseeing all the cities? Basically, Uh yeah. It's like the government organization that's in in control of of everything pretty much. 
Uh, but I haven't gotten completely into the game yet, so if, You're not if an I'm expert. wrong, I'm not yeah. an expert yet. Mm-hmm. I will be eventually. That's my guess from what I've seen so far. And so they're trying to get this car battery so they can go find Tommy wherever he is. Meanwhile, that guy Robert sold, was trying who try, who sold it to later Marlene tried to sell it to her, but it's a shot battery. That's why that there's that big shootout that we don't see where Marlene gets the gunshot wound. Robert is dead. And then they get they make the deal with Marlene where Marlene says, "I'll get you a truck or whatever you need." If you just smuggle this girl to outside of the city to this location. Now, the car battery thing was changed from the game. I understand why they did it. I'm just going to, if, you, if you're if you curious, it's a little different in the game. So in the game, Tess and Joel are promised a bunch of munitions, a bunch of guns and ammo from Robert versus a car battery. Obviously, more palatable for a wider audience. You don't want your protagonist to just want a bunch of guns. Yeah. Let's get them a car battery. They're going to go try to save Joel's brother. A lot more empathetic character trait for a TV series, for sure. So that's why I understand why they changed up like that. But if anyone's curious, that's like an, another major difference that's been going on with the direction of the story. But the thing is, it's leading to the exact same place, so it's not yeah. that big of a deal. They're just changing it for a wider audience. My thing about the battery was, and it's just a little thing, but it was so obviously unusable. Like, why would the guy try to sell it to them who clearly would know better? You know what I mean? Because maybe because he, he's a scumbag. You know, yeah, I know, but like, why would you even like? They would know what a bad battery would look like, don't maybe you he think? Was hoping he's yeah. greedy. That's I, what. I, that's for me. I was like, why? Well, that's you? why they got in the shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like these these people, like they know what a bad battery would look like. You it's, know what I mean? I found I, that's just what yeah. kind of took. I was like, it seemed like a dumb deal to even. I mean, obviously, if he's trying to sell it to someone around town. Who doesn't know better? But these people clearly would know the corrosion that, on that battery. Is yeah, pretty bad. maybe he was hoping they wouldn't open up the case. Maybe yeah, because Robert's a scumbag. He's trying to get away with a double deal. He, oh, he yeah, promised yeah. to sell that battery to Joel and Tess, but then he tried to sell it to Marlene, and Marlene was probably like, "This ain't a good battery. Get the fuck out but of like, here!" But like, wipe off, above, wipe off the corrosion. Is all I'm saying. It was just so <laughs> get, bad. Get a toothbrush, yeah. bro. <laughs> that's that's what that deal kind of took. Like, if you could try to sell it to someone who doesn't know better, yeah. But like these. They're like a private militia. Like they would know what the what the corrosion is. So from when I saw the battery, I was like, oh, it's a little too obvious. Like if you're trying to do a deal, you would at least wipe it down. You yeah. know what I mean? I but I understand why they switched yeah, yeah. the guns to a, a car. I mean, a car battery. Yeah. You, you want to make your totally characters yeah. more palatable for a wider audience. But again, it's not that big of a deal because it gets our characters in the story in the same exact direction where they get hooked up with Marlene and Ellie, and Marlene asks them and makes a deal with them to smuggle. Ellie outside of Boston. Now, Boston guy. Boston kid. We're fucking Boston guy. Yeah, yeah, guy. Now, the show is being run by Craig Mazin, who is known for Chernobyl, which I think is an awesome TV series. So I think that we're going to expect great direction going forward in terms of the story and the characters, as well as Neil Druckmann is one of the writers as well. But Craig, Craig Mazin, what he did with Chernobyl was really incredible. It's one of the best miniseries of the last five to ten years, maybe this 21st century for sure. So it's fantastic. I think the show is in terrific hands. The production value is so high. The scope is massive. The world building is incredible. They're, they're obviously limited what they can do because it's a video game. You can make it different. But ending with that shot with the two skyscrapers that have just bumped into each other from the bombings of, that, of the city... It's awesome. I can't wait to go see what's going forward. I can't to see wait to see how they approach the clickers and what's going to happen after the beyond the wall and the infection zones. So I'm really excited about this show. Really solid first premiere, first episode. Little differences between the game, but overall it's leading the story and characters in the exact same direction as the video game. I agree. I think it was a really strong pilot episode, and it ended really well. And when when was that final shot, like you said, with the skyscrapers, I was like, oh, shit. 
because you can really because I would say if you compare it to The Walking Dead, obviously there were a couple of shots that showed the city and stuff, but like it seems like this show has a much better budget and obviously technology with filmmaking, especially with CGI. It's allowing them to go much bigger with the scope and scale of it, and I really like how that they saved it. They were kind of hiding how big the area was, and Boston felt very confined, but then when they left the wall, and you're like, oh, crap, the, this entire city, like this is just like one tiny section of the city that survived. It was terrific. I will say that I hope that they start putting that gun in Joel's hand. That guy needs a gun in his hand the whole game, the whole, <laughs> mo- the whole show, and the earns waistband. Let's go. I want to see Joel with a gun ASAP. I'm curious, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in to our first episode review of The Last of Us. We'll be doing episode reviews every Tuesday of this TV series from HBO Max. We're super excited about this show. Can't wait to see where it goes with this first season and then obviously second season after this, but we're excited about it. Great job so far by Warner Brothers and HBO Max for this TV series. Make sure to get tickets to our live show, which is on Saturday, January 21st. Use the link in our bio of our Instagrams, our social medias, as well as the descriptions and video bios of this episode review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube bio description as well. You can get tickets for coming in person in Los Angeles to watch us in the theater or to live stream the event on Saturday as well. Those tickets are all available with the links in the descriptions and bios. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see you there. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.